my faithful and loyal readers and listeners. Welcome to another segment of Verse of the Day. Today's verse comes from 1 Timothy 6, 12. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made good... When you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. The word fight is from the Greek word meaning agonize. Paul sees the Christian life as an intense struggle that requires perseverance and absolute loyalty to Christ as you battle against spiritual forces and defend the faith from those who would distort the truth. The aim of our struggle is to spread the true message of forgiveness and a personal relationship with the Christ and to others to faith in Him. All of us are called to demonstrate and deliver the truth of Christ in whatever situation, position, or occupation God has placed us in. As we engage in the good fight of the faith, we must keep in mind that our primary opposition is not from other people, but rather from spiritual forces of evil. In today's Bible readings are Exodus 2, 11 through 3, 22, Matthew 17, 10 through 27, Psalm 22, 1 through 18, and Proverbs 5, 7 through 14. Received the highest level of education in Pharaoh's royal household. 
It was not enough to equip him for godly work. And even the time alone with God and 40 difficult years of caring for sheep in the desert to prepare for his future task, which was to shepherd or lead or and care for Israel through the desert. The angel of the Lord who appeared to Moses is the Lord himself, but more importantly, he is the second person of the Trinity. The angel of the Lord is an Old Testament euphemism for Jesus, because you see, the angel of the Lord also appeared to Abraham at the moment, at his moment of the greatest testing, and he would also appear to the prophet Elijah at his moment of greatest testing. And our story continues in verse 4, going through verse 6. And it says, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord first revealed his holiness to Moses. Holiness refers to the completeness, purity, and perfection of God's character. It requires separation from sin and evil. It also requires a commitment to do what is right, and to remain in a right relationship with God. Moses constantly had to keep in mind that the God he served was holy. So holy that a human could not even look at him without dying. God's first revelation to Abraham was of his great power, but to Moses it was of his holiness. This illustrates the principle of progressive revelation, meaning that God ought to reveal himself in his plan to people in different ways and through a process of stages over time. This great revelation to Moses continues in verse 7 and goes on through verse 15, which says, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Parasites, the Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my the Israelites out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people of Egypt, brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. 
God also sent to Moses, saying to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. Just as God was concerned about the misery of his people in Egypt, he continues to be aware of all human suffering. He hears the cries of those who are troubled and hurting. He sees when other people take advantage of them. God's people can and should call on him to mercifully intervene or bring the help of his presence into their situations. Regardless of the source of trouble, whether it be circumstances, people, Satan, or sin, God's comfort, grace, and help are more than enough to meet all our needs. And just as God promised to deliver the Israelites into a land flowing with milk and honey, He will deliver us into a place that is just as prosperous if we trust Him. Because the phrase milk and honey referred to places that were rich in resources and agriculture, the honey included the thick sweet syrups made from grapes or dates as well as that which was made by bees, which were all signs of a prosperous and thriving life, none of which the Israelites had in Egypt, and which we don't have if we place if we don't which we don't have if we don't place our faith and trust in God. And now we come to the most important part of Exodus 3, the name that God told Moses to give to the people of Israel as a way of identifying whom had sent Moses to set God's people free. The Lord gave himself the personal name, I am who I am. The Hebrew phrase that indicates action from this phrase, we get the Hebrew word Yahweh, God was saying to I want to be known as the God who is present and alive, present and active. And there are two hugely significant things that we should see in this the most personal and in the minds of the Israelites and all those who practice Judaism, sacred name of God. The first is that the name Yahweh reflects the promise of God's constant presence with his people. It expresses his faithful love and care, and his desire to bring people into a right relationship with himself. This relates to the basic covenant promise to be your God. Found in Genesis 17, 7, the Lord also states that this will be his name forever. And the second significant thing is that when Jesus Christ was born, he was called a man you will. Jesus also referred to himself by the name I am, and we will see, and we will discuss and see the significance of this in greater detail when we get to John's Gospel. But the great revelation that Moses had continues in verse 16, and goes through verse 22. Go assemble the elders, which says, go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt, into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Parasites, the Hivites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with the milk and honey. The elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God.
God of the Hebrews has, has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians and all the wonders that I will perform among them. And after that, he will let you go. And I will make the Egyptians favorably dis disposed toward this people. So that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and her clothing, which will put on your sons and daughters, and so you will plunder the Egyptians. So during Joseph's time, the Israelites had been invited into a region of Egypt called Goshen, but they were later forced to be slaves there. They deserve back wages to pay them justly for the years of hard slave labor. But they were not supposed to take anything by force. God would cause the Egyptians to have favor toward the Israelites. So that when they asked for silver, gold, and clothing, the Egyptians would give them far more than they asked for. Instead of hiding their escape out of Egypt like runaway slaves, they would be able to go out like a victorious army, carrying the fruits of victory, which was the whole point of God's revelation to Moses, and it's the whole purpose of the book of Exodus, and furthermore, the whole Bible. God wants you to put your faith and trust in Him, so that you, like Moses and like the people of Israel, can march out of whatever has kept you in bondage, like a victorious army, carrying the fruits of your victory through God's power. And we will see that everything else that happens throughout the rest of the Bible revolves around Moses placing his faith and trust in God after his encounter with him at the burning bush. And tomorrow's Bible readings are Exodus 4, 1 through 5, 21, and Matthew 8.